Welcome to the sermon podcast of Damascus Road Church. For more information about Damascus Road Church, go to damascusroadonline.com. As we worship together and as we've come together, um, we, a lot of the focus has just been on celebrating and remembering God and God's faithfulness. And throughout time and throughout history, the people of God have come together on certain occasions to remember how God has shown up and to celebrate God's faithful presence. And so whether that was digging a well and renaming a place, or whether that was taking a pile of stones and creating <laughs> kind of an altar and naming that place, or whether it was having a meal and sitting down in a community to, to share and repeat that meal, and in that meal to like reshare and retell stories, like it's always a place where God's people in regular rhythms come together and share about God's presence and how God has been faithful in the past, as well as a place where they can pray and look forward into the future and how God will be faithful and meet them in their current circumstance. And so what we want to do is kind of like embrace that this morning and participate in that. And so I've asked a couple of people to share about God's faithfulness in this past season. And, and, and the thing about telling stories is that like they're, they're told from the perspective of the storyteller, and they're filled with the emotion and the perspective and the presence and the place that that storyteller is at. And we get to experience God and remember God's faithfulness and be reminded of his faithfulness through the storyteller. And so we're going to get to participate in that this morning. And so what I want us to do is I've asked a couple of people to just like come prepared. That way there wasn't just like a long lull of like, I don't know what to say. Um, and I tried to give you guys this week to to think about if there's anything that you'd like to say. Um, and so <laughs> we're going to have uh, Julie Wetker, um, Sylvia, and Christy kind of kick things off. And then, um, and then the mic will just be open uh, for whomever. And I'll come up, close things up a little bit. And uh, I've got like a small devotional that will lead us into uh, sharing communion together. And then we'll do some worship, and then we'll have a potluck. So that's kind of the rhythm that you kind of can kind of expect this morning. So I'm going to grab this mic here, and uh, I'll have Julie Wecker come on up to share, um, yeah, just some of the stories of how God's been faithful in this season in her life, and also to share, you know, um, whether you have that or not, but to share just kind of where you're looking for God's faithfulness into the future. So. So as I was thinking through kind of um, places that I've grown are places that I've seen God moving in my almost five years that I've been attending DR here. Um, two things kind of stood out to me. Uh, the first is with worship. I started playing guitar specifically to play at church in like seventh grade with my confirmation class. Um, and it was fun and I liked it. And so I learned it more so that I could do it more. And I got to college and I played in our band for crew and they taught me a ton because I was playing with people who like, that's what they do in their free time. And I just do it every once in a while. So, um, <clears throat> so that was great. And then I came here and it was still fun, but kind of intimidating because I didn't know people all that well. So thank you for being welcoming and forgiving. <laughs> um, but then as worship leaders, we were challenged to actually lead worship, not just play a song. Um, and so that got me thinking a lot more about like what songs I pick and what the songs say and um, how they relate to scripture and to what God is saying to me in my life at that time. Um, and worship just became 
more than just like having fun playing songs worshiping God. Like it actually, like it means a lot more now, now that I've thought about that. And I think I will have that the rest of my life now that like connection that I have with God while playing worship, whether that's leading up here or just when I get my guitar out at home and play around. Um, I have a much stronger connection with God now when I play worship. Um, And the other area is, like most people here, I am an introvert. And so moving to a new city, if no one made me do anything, I would just go to work and then sit at home. Like, that's what I would do. Um, And so when they were like, you have community groups that you join, I was like, okay, I'll follow Jason. I don't know any of these people, but I'll be there. Um, And I went and I got to know people and um, it was fun and great and stuff like that. And then we got much smaller when people left a couple years ago. Um, And we started doing this like every other week. We would split into um, like men and women. And so Ellie, Sylvia and I would meet every other week. Um, and they can attest that there are many weeks that I was just like, I just need to, I don't want people right now. I'm just, can we not do this? Um, but a lot of weeks they did, like, they would still ask and they'd be like, do we want to do things? And, um, just the connection that I got with them, even though this is like a very small group of people, so there's not a lot of people to choose from. And I didn't even choose to be with them. Like I was put in a group with them, um, and so just the connection and the relationship that the three of us had and over the past couple of years, just getting to know each other. Um, <clears throat> I do still have weeks that I want to sit at home, but in general, I've learned so much about just having people there that you can talk to. And like, <clears throat> I have people now that if something bad is happening, I can just send them a quick text and say like, hey, can you pray for me? Like this is happening. Um, or if something in our life is happening, like we send a text to each other. And so just having that connection with people is not something I would have done on my own, not something I would have created. Um, so I'm very, very thankful for this church that um, it kind of like forced me into having that. Um, and for Ellie and Sylvia for just putting up with me, not wanting to do things sometimes. So. <laughs> All right. So uh, uh, when Justin asked, uh, me to share. Uh, my first thought uh, was uh, sharing our story how we found Damascus Road. Um, so we lived in Florida and I'm very close to my family uh, just relationally and we were leaving them. And so the only way I knew that I was going to be okay with that is if I bathed this whole move in prayer. Um, and so we knew that we were moving maybe a month before we did. And I think that whole time I was just thinking through friends that I would find and church that I would find. And um, it was the first time ever in my life that I've moved where I only knew one person. Um, so, uh, yeah. Okay, so then... We got a message on Facebook from Jonathan's aunt, and she was like, I know someone who lives in Madison, and this is the church she goes to, and she went to the east side Park Street, I mean, (laughs) east side Damascus Road. Okay, so she goes into how she knows this lady, and so Jonathan's aunt's 
Was it her first husband? I should have got the details right. <laughs> okay, so her, so Jonathan's uncle passed away in a car accident, and so her second husband, uh, his family, one of his family members, uh, was in Vietnam War, and he was uh, in a fort one evening, and with like four or five other men. And the fort was attacked, and he was actually the only one that passed away in the attack, and he was the only believer. And through the men who weren't believers watching him pass away, they all became believers. And one of the men that was in that fort was married to the lady who went to Eastside. And so it was just like, even as I talk about it now, thinking about how even back to the Vietnam War, like connections were being made that brought me here, um, that brought Jonathan and I here. Um, it's amazing. And that uh, we got to see that and be a part of it. it. It will always be a part of my faith story um, that that happened. Um, yeah. And then, so the other thing that I wanted to share, well, there's many things that I could share, uh, but one of the other things um, was my faith background. Uh, my, my dad's parents were um, Mennonite pastor and pastor's wife, and my mom's parents were Mennonite brother and missionaries in Brazil. So Mennonite, Mennonite Brethren, they're very close. If you don't know Mennonite Brethren, most people haven't heard of it. It's very small. But it's very similar to Mennonite. And so that was, like, my family background, right? And that's what, like, drove a lot of how my family did their life. And that's how they kind of thought. That's still how my grandparents thought, right? But then when we were in Florida, it was very difficult for us to find a Mennonite church that we wanted to go to. So we went to a Baptist church which is very different in some things than Mennonite. Uh, they would celebrate Fourth of July. They would have a huge flag, like very different than the pacifists, like we're going to abstain from war, which is very like true to Mennonite. And then Baptists, we would pray every sermon, every service for the troops. So very like uh, differing things that were coming into my psyche, right? Uh, well, then we got here, and just in conversation, I found out that uh, Marianne grew up in a Mennonite community, and I was like, what? <laughs> and then Josh shared that he w grew up both Mennonite and Baptist. And I was like, no, <laughs> no one grows up Mennonite and Baptist, except for you and me. <laughs> Um, so it was just so special, again, after we had heard, like, the Vietnam story, to hear, like, even our pastor who is leading and guiding us into this, like, huge transition. We had been married a month. We had moved across the country. And, like, just to see God's faithfulness that, like, I'm going to have a pastor there that understands this dichotomy that you grew up with, like, I, it was just awe-inspiring. And, you know, I don't, 
Jonathan and I are not continuing uh, uh, transitioning to Park Street. Uh, we, yeah, are going to look for another church. Um, but I know through, like, God's faithfulness finding this church that he will be faithful in finding a new church. Like, um, I don't know what it'll look like, and I don't know, I don't have any, yeah, anything else really besides that he was faithful and he will be. So about six years ago, I was just feeling kind of depressed and alone. I had lots of anxiety. And at that time, I did a Bible study with two of my friends. And they're not from this church, but, um, but it just, it's crazy, like, how I realized how it weaves in and everything. Um, but the Bible study was called My Treasures. And so we kind of went through um, the verse, for where your heart, or where your treasures are, your heart will also be. And so through that Bible study, I, I discovered that I, let's see, I'm just going to, um, so what I learned about myself is that some of the things that I treasured, I needed to let go of if I wanted to start feeling better and just, um, so I treasured my desire to protect and to defend and to control. And so my name is Christy, and I'm a recovering control freak. <laughs> and so over the past several years, um, obviously, I don't have enough time to tell you all of the ways that God has given me the opportunity to let go of control and to just trust in him. But recently, so over the past year, we've gone through lots of transitions that have been hard, but also have been really good as well. And so... I just want to start with, some of you know that um, we recently cut down our tree in our backyard, and now it wasn't because of the floods, it wasn't because it was rotted or died or anything, but um, what was happening is the tree roots were coming up in our yard all over. Well, they were also coming up in the neighbor's yard around us. We have three other neighbors around us. And not a big deal for two of the people, but for our neighbor who lives right directly behind us, or next to us, I mean, he was very almost like hostile about it, where he would dig up the roots and throw them into our yard and... I mean, even the tree branch that was hanging over the fence still attached to the tree, like he broke it and it's just hanging there. And then when it fell, he picked it up and threw it into our yard. He ended up putting up a yellow 
warning tape like across part of his yard. And so this was causing Gary lots of stress and anxiety. And he mentioned to me, he's like, maybe we should just cut the tree down. And at first, I was like, no, we are not cutting that tree down. Like, no, I was not on board with that at all. But then weeks went by, and it continued. And then there was um, a week, the Sunday prior, Shannon had um, encouraged us to, when you think someone needs prayer, then don't just tell them you'll pray with them, sit down and pray with them. And so there was a day after that where Gary was really stressing about it and felt just, I could tell, I mean, it, it affects me too. His stress affects us too. So I sat down and I'm like, okay, I think I need to pray about this, but I'm going to pray. And so kind of through the prayer, I just, I prayed for Gary. I prayed for the neighbor. And really I thought, well, I have no idea what we are supposed to do here. I'm like, if we need to cut down the tree, then so be it. It's just a tree, right? And so um, probably a couple days after or so, Gary came up to me and said, you know, I really think we need to cut down the tree. And I was like, okay. If you, He said, I feel like God is just saying, cut it down. I'm like, okay, so fine, we'll cut down the tree. And so then Gary had talked to Andy and asked him if he could help us cut down the tree. And so um, it was kind of decided. Andy and Matt and Jonathan all came over and cut down the tree. However, we had decided we were going to cut down the tree like the beginning of August. But then August 7th was my son's birthday, his 21st birthday. And that morning, I woke up super sad. Like I was feeling so sad about the tree and I felt like I was crying in bed and I'm trying to keep it quiet because I didn't want to stress Gary out and he was down eating breakfast and I was just couldn't hold it in. I went in the bathroom, I had to blow my nose and I'm, I almost went back to bed but then I'm like, nope, I need to go tell Gary I'm really sad about this. And so I went down and he's like, what is wrong? Like, did someone die? I mean, I was hysterically crying. Like, I, the last time he saw me crying like that was the morning my nephew called and my sister had passed away. And so he was like, who died? And I'm like, no one died. I just feel really sad about having to cut down the tree. And he's like, but Christy, I know. I'm like, I'm not saying that we shouldn't cut it down. I'm just saying I feel really sad. In my head, I'm like, 
we got that tree from his mom's yard. It was a twig. We put it in a planter. It was in the planter for almost or about two years before we even put it in the ground. So we like watched it grow from this little twig, and then it was this awesome climbing tree. So my kids grew up climbing it, and I'm like, I was really sad about that. Well, then later in the day, as I was reflecting, I realized, oh my gosh, today's Evan's 21st birthday. And then I realized, this really isn't about the tree at all. This is about transitions and growth and the parallel of seeing my kids growing and then leaving and going. And so, so then, um, let's see where else. Okay, so then at that point, like I said, we didn't cut down the tree until then, like the end of the month. And that was around the 7th when I kind of had that real realization. But then in between that time, I decided since I didn't really um, get to hear most of the Follow Me series, the six weeks that we were combined, um, I decided, because there was only two weeks that I was able to make it there, and one of them, I was in the nursery that day. So I'm like, I need to go back and listen to this series again. And so I was listening to it. And in the first one about listening and responding, it helped me to then process this whole tree thing. Like, why am I feeling so sad? And... So in that sermon, Shannon talked about when we have these Kairos moments and how we need to ask ourselves, well, what happened? And why did I respond this way? And then what is God trying to say to me? And so then through that, I thought, okay, I don't think we can just cut down this tree. I feel like we need to do something else. We need to do more. Like, we need to talk to our neighbor and try and get this um, figured out, you know, just. Um, and of course, I talked to Gary and tell him this, and he's like, I am not talking to this guy. <laughs> no. And just to give you a back background, his, he has two kids that my girls play with, and they go to their yard and play with them. They've been, and his wife, I've spent hours talking with her, having conversations with her while our kids are playing. But he has never even acknowledged when we've said hi to him or tried to just, you know, kind of start a conversation he never even acknowledges. So just so you know, it's not a total total um, cut off there. But it has caused lots of tension then with our girls playing together and stuff just recently with all this coming up. And so 
Anyway, so then um, the day that we cut it down, it was a Friday, and that whole day I was feeling really sad again, and um, it, it was happening after I went to work, so I was going to come home, and the tree wasn't going to be there and stuff, so I was having a hard time that day. But then on Sunday, we went to Park Street, for um, the service, and then afterwards, I talked to Shannon, because I just thought, I want to bring this up to Shannon and see what he said, and so I told him the story that I just told you guys, and I said, you know, I feel like we need to do more, reach out to them, and he surprised me, and he said, maybe not, He said, maybe this is more about you and what is God trying to say to you? And Gary said, well, you know, we have been going through lots of transitions over the past year, like the girls starting school after homeschooling them for most of their lives up to this point, and then Evan moving out, and so lots of transitions that were hard. And then, um, so I was kind of surprised, and he's like, just pray, and, you know, just listen to what God is saying. So then after that, I'm processing and praying and stuff, and then I'm realizing that with those, those transitions that we had and just how they're weaved together. So, like, the girls going back to school, they go to a school called Lighthouse Christian School and just how it weaves with um, Damascus Road. So we didn't know. Well, I guess Rebecca did tell us, but then um, now that we're there, friends at Park Street, LaToya and Dave, Rebecca's um, sister-in-law and brother, um, their kids go there too. So like we have that connection. And then with Evan moving out, if we hadn't been here, Evan now lives at his house, which is a Christian ministry that Justin used to lead in. So if we didn't have that connection, then Evan wouldn't be there. And so... Um, And then just this morning, I just realized how when I did my treasure, my treasure Bible studies, I like, oh my gosh, treasure. And so the things that I treasured, I mentioned control and all those. But then I'm like, hey, when Mickey got up and did her prophecy about going into the deep end with big Jesus, that's where the treasure is. And so just like, it's that treasure that we need to be going after. And then, um, and so let's see, I'll wrap this up. Um, Oh, so then this past weekend, or this past week, one day, I just kind of went out in the yard and I'm standing over by the tree, and this the stump, it still make I mean it still makes me feel sad. Like my kids grew up in that and doing that, but then it also like I'm excited because 
of just thinking about what's to come, like what's going to grow there? What are we going to plant and, you know, what's, what it's going to turn into and what we're going to grow into? And then this morning, the other realization I had too is the parallel of, so watching the tree grow from the seed and little, and we, Gary and I, were part, we were like one of the same people that planted Living Hope. And so then that parallel of just, the, of Living Hope being the seed and how we've been here and watching it grow. And then now it's closing the doors. Um, but yet I'm excited too, um, because this quote that I kind of reflect on is that God gives us, when God gives us a new beginning, it always starts with an ending. And so we can be thankful for the closed doors because it usually leads us to the right ones. What, what year was it when we went to Via de Cristal? Do you remember? Yeah. Um, 1997. <clears throat> was a big turning point in my, uh, my spiritual life. It was uh, a retreat weekend that we went to. And uh, for the first time in my life, I had saw what the church could be, what it was modeled to be. And... Uh, it was interesting because we we came to a place uh, kind of itinerant. We would camp out in a church that wasn't our own. All the stuff was in a trailer, and we sat around round tables and discussed the the topics that were talked about during the weekend, and uh, how everyone was so um, <clears throat> intertwined relationally and worked together without conflict and pulled this thing off was just amazing to me. And we'd been, in, continued to be involved in that for many years. Um, when it came time to find a, a new church, um, we looked around uh, on the web, and Krista showed us one, and they had this thing called Gray's Theology, where uh, people met at the tavern and, and talked about theological topics. And I thought, oh, this is cool. I want to do that. I'd like to be a part of a church that does that. And uh, I'd always enjoyed contemporary worship. I had had an opportunity to lead that in my previous church. And when they decided they weren't going to do that anymore, there didn't seem to be anything left for me. And so we went looking, and uh, we walked in here one Sunday morning. And uh, I think we were early because everybody was still setting up and I think Jess was there, and Anka was there, and Eric, and uh, Josh, and uh, there were round tables (laughs) and a trailer. This was kind of weird. Is God saying something to us? I don't know. So we we hung around a couple times, and I I can remember the the first potluck. I really like potlucks. I like socializing. Cindy was off to quilt retreat, but I decided I was going to go to the potluck. And I kind of tried to sit with several different people during the potluck and kind of get to know folks. And Michael accused me of working the room. <laughs> um, maybe I still do that. I don't know. But uh, 
I have to say, <clears throat> this is a church that was working. Um, still works. And uh, I believe God is going to continue to work in this community, even though it isn't here, um, even though it's moving to Park Street. And uh, um, I know you guys realize we're not coming along to Park Street. It's just a little <clears throat> outside our circle of... Uh, comfort for uh, being involved, but uh, without any preconceived notions, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that God will lead us uh, into something new, um, to the next step, the next phase, something uh, just as cool. So, anybody else? Hi. Uh, so, first of all, we've just been really thankful for all of you and for DR West um, as a whole. Um, when we left our other church, um, they moved, they relocated, kind of kind of like this situation. Um, but we didn't get to leave on such great terms, <laughs> and that was really hard. Um, and then we walked in here, and we felt really welcomed. Um, and everyone was really genuine, and there wasn't any, like, fake niceness, like, come to our church, we need people, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and we've just really appreciated everything um, that everyone has done here for our family, too, um, praying for us, um, that we have a baby. <laughs> and and Mandy and Michael, especially, I know they're not here today, but um, they were a huge impact in our life. Um, we didn't have anyone before who could relate to our situation, <laughs> um, and they entered into our life at exactly the right time and um, really open the door for us to explore adoption and to figure out our options for infertility and praying and just having that community, which is pretty much representative of West as a whole, I think. Um, everybody just kind of comes together, and that's amazing. Um, and we're going to miss, you know, this really close-knit community. I know I haven't been able to be as involved lately <laughs> due to this little one, um, but we're also really excited for what the future holds, and we're excited to um, grow just spiritually and in community and getting to connect with, you know, people at East who won't be called the people at East anymore, <laughs> to speak DR, <laughs> um, which is awesome. Um, so, yeah, so I just want to say thank you because you guys have, like, played a huge role in our lives the last three years, just, like, from the day we walked in. Um, you guys have been our friends, and... It's been amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was all that I wanted to say. So. All right, well, I want to thank you guys. I want to thank you guys for sharing. I want to thank you guys for being vulnerable. Um, and I, I want to thank you guys for the season. And I want to thank you for just reflecting on the ways that God has been good and God has been faithful. And I think, you know, we could sit here and tell stories literally all day of how God has been faithful and how God has shown up. And um, I just want to thank you guys for the ways that you, you know, took a chance on me. I was 25 and 29. I still feel like you're still taking a chance on me. Sorry about that. Uh, but thank you. Um, I really, we really appreciate it. We appreciate the ways that you guys have loved us, the ways that you guys have provided for us, um, and the ways that you guys have been with us. And so I just want to say thank you for just showing up um, in that way. And I also just want to praise God that in this season, just the, the number of babies that I've seen God just like, be faithful to the women of this church. Um, that, like, 
God has heard your prayers and he has answered them. Um, and I just pray that God would continue to show up faithfully um, for the families and the women and the husbands and just the families of this church, that God would continue to, to just provide faithfully um, and that we'd have opportunities to walk with one another um, through seasons of life together. Um, and one of my prayers as we're looking forward is just that as we move to Park Street or as you transition to wherever God is leading you to transition next, is that we would be filled with joy and surprise around the relationships that God's forming. Um, I love your story, Sylvia, this morning of like just the surprise of the relationships that you found here um, and the surprise of how God was doing things relationally like back in Vietnam. And that like, you know, I believe that as we transition, like we will, we're going to encounter new people. We're going to encounter new relationships and we're going to encounter new things that, that shape us, change us, mold us. Just like this community, this season, this time has shaped us, changed us, and molded us. And I, the thing that I'm looking forward to is bringing these two communities, the, the Park Street community and the West community, because I kind of stand in, in the mix of both, like it was student ministry and with past, being the pastor here at West. Like, and I see just the potential of what these two communities, like when we bring them together, like what that could happen and what God could do. And I'm just like, I'm looking forward to seeing where God brings relationship and connection and growth to happen. Um, and we know that it won't be instant. We know that it won't be easy. We, like, growth and change and transition is hard. And, like, one of the things that I would always tell my students, um, because I would have so many students at his house that would come in and come out, and they'd be like, man, it's really hard to, like, just know and, like, get into, involved in the community. I was like, it's going to take you probably three to six months to, like, really find your rhythm, to really find, like, you know, that this more settled. And I just, I think, you know, that's the reason and the wisdom behind us asking, like, hey, we want you to come and, like, come for a year because we know that it's going to be unsettling. We know that it's going to be a change. And we know that, you know, as time goes on and as we share more life together, again, just my prayer is that God is going to show up in surprising and life-filled ways um, around the relationships that exist within Damascus Road. So I'm thankful for the season. I'm thankful for all the stories of God's faithfulness. Um, it's amazing to hear what God has done. And I'm excited for what God is going to continue to do and the new things that he's going to bring about. Um, one of the things that happens in the Bible is God's people come together to remember. Like, like I said, they share stories. And in sharing the stories, like God is present. Like God is present in those stories. And we get to be present to God through those stories. And in the New Testament, Jesus shows up. And he shows up in one of these meals of remembrance, one of these meals that they participate in annually to remember how God had shown up in the past and set their people free from slavery and, and had delivered them with power and strength in the Passover meal. And he shows up in this meal and he begins to redefine the meal and all that it has been understood for in the past and to say, this meal is actually about me. And it's about what I'm about to do for you and for the entire world. And so I just want to read that to us. As Jesus is in this kind of remembrance meal, this place where they're sharing stories together, where they're being present to God, this is how Jesus shows up in it. He says, I've earnestly desired that, to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I'll not eat it until it's finished in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, this Take this cup and divide it amongst yourselves. For I tell you that I will not 
drink the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, this cup is poured out for you, and this is the new covenant in my blood. So communion is this place where we get to come and be present with God, and where God comes and gets to be present with us, no matter where we're at. In the past, you know, when they would build monuments or dig wells, you know, whether the times were good or the times were bad, you could look at that monument, and you can look at that well, and you could thank God, or you could pray to God and just like know that God is faithful, God is here, God is enduring. Same thing with the meals that, and the festivals that God instituted. In times of bounty, you would praise God and thank God for the blessings of the bountiful harvest. In times of need and of suffering, it would be a time to come together and remember where God was faithful and to pray and, and ask God to, to be present and to be faithful into the future, into the unknown of what's next. And communion is kind of like that place. It's that place where we get to come and be present to God as God is present to us. Communion is this place of where suffering and loss and pain is also mixed and is held in tension with joy and life and rebirth and growth. Communion is this place where we get to just come as we are, no matter where we're at, and trust that God is big enough to hear it and receive it. Communion is this place where it is just filled with hope, Hope of the God of the Advent story, like the Advent prayer is, come, Lord Jesus, come. And in communion, God is present. God is saying, I have come, and I have been present, and I am near. It's also the answer to this prayer of Palm Sunday, of Hosanna, God save us. Hosanna, come, be here, deliver us from the situation that we find ourselves in. And communion is about this place where he shows up and he saves us. It's this place where he calls us to suffer as he suffered. Like his body is broken, his blood is poured out, and it's an invitation for us to go out into the world to be broken and poured out for other people. Communion is this place (laughs) that is a meal that's prepared for us. When you think about most meals, most meals take a lot of work to prepare. You've got to prepare for it in advance, whether it's at a restaurant or not. You prepare to go eat at a restaurant by working previously that work that week, getting paid, and then passing that currency forward, and somebody else is preparing that meal for you. Sometimes we come to communion and we think that it's a meal that we have to work to prepare for to be present to. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. I just want you to know that this is a free meal. I have done the work. I have prepared the work for you, and I'm just calling you to come and be present as I am present to you. And so wherever you're at this morning, whether you're in this place of loss, whether you're in this place of mourning, whether you're in this place of joy and excitement and looking forward, wherever you're at, whether you're in this place where God is encouraging you to go out into the world and be broken and poured out for others, or if he's calling you to just be present to the joy of his salvation, that he is Hosanna, that he is Lord, and that he has come near, whatever that is, communion just embraces us and invites us in to know God more fully. And that's worth celebrating. It's worth celebrating that God has been faithful and looking at the many ways that God has. And I'm just thankful. I mean, the claps and the applause are worthy. They're worthy praises of God for the ways that God has been faithful. And what I'm looking forward to as we share in this communion meal together is how God is going to continue 
to be faithful and the stories that he's going to continue to write, but also trusting that God is going to be near us and he's going to meet us wherever we are this morning. And I know that we're all over the place this morning, and that's okay. That's what this table's for. And together, no matter where we're at this morning, this table is a place of unity. It's a place where we're unified through the cross. We're unified through the suffering of Jesus, and we're unified through his resurrection. And we can say that we've been reconciled to God and that we're a family. And that's true, no matter what happens after today, okay? So I love you guys, and I'm thankful for this season. I'm thankful for what's yet to come. And I want to invite us into a place of worship where we worship God for his faithfulness and where we come to the table and we think about communion in all of these different ways, in whatever way that you need to come to the table this morning and be present to God as God is present to you. I want to invite you. And so what we've got here is we've got um, a gluten option. If you guys want to tear that, dip it into the gluten cup that way. Just we don't have any crossover. And then we also have the gluten-free option that we've always had if you want to dip it in the gluten-free cup. And we're going to have communion here. We're going to play kind of two more like reflective songs, um, and then we'll have kind of more of a, a peppy song. But really, we're going to play about four songs. And so anywhere in that space, you want to come up and um, just receive from God, be present to him. Uh, we want to provide that space where God can minister and give life to you guys this morning. All right? I want to thank you guys for sharing. I am encouraged. I am so thankful for God and his faithfulness and what he's done and what he's doing. And uh, yeah, let's just pray. Dear God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this community and we thank you for the privilege that it is to meet together. God, we thank you for the incredible work that you've done and in um, the years that we've met here since 2005. I mean, we thank you for that. We thank you for the senior center and the ways that they've been gracious and the ways that they've been hospitable. God, we thank you for Josh and Marianne and the ways that they've been faithful and the ways that they've been present. God, we thank you for this community and the ways that we've been able to be present to one another, the ways that we've been able to meet the needs of one another, the ways that we've been able to share life with one another. God, we thank you for all of that and for the good news that that's been to us. And God, we pray that wherever we go from today, that we would still continue to walk out the good news of the gospel in community with one another, and that you would surprise us with new relationships to come. And God, I thank you for your table, where your blood was poured out, where your body was broken, and where there's an invitation to come, to come and draw near to you. And God, we celebrate that the most. In your name we pray. Amen.